0: Hi, friend, and welcome to the Temple Care Podcast. This is a place where we take a faith-based approach to mental and physical health. I'm your host, Erica Pizzo, and today I have just the real privilege and honor of interviewing Brittany. Um, Brittany is a wife and mama of two. She's a registered dietitian um, and a recovery coach on a mission to help women struggling with disordered eating and negative body image. Um, She wants to help them experience the peace that comes when you ditch food rules for good. And she uses a faith-centered approach to help her clients overcome the lies they've been fed by diet culture um, and replace them with spiritual truths to rediscover their God-given identity. I just love all of that. Brittany, thank you so much for being on here. We are so excited to hear from you today. Thank you, Erica. I'm excited to chat with you and your listeners today. Yes, I feel like we're going to get so many good nuggets out of this. But can you just um, first start by telling us a little bit about your heart behind um, what you do and how you minister to women? Yes.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, so like you mentioned, I am a registered dietitian uh, by trade and education. And I now serve more in a coaching capacity, working with women specifically. Um, some have disordered eating and some have maybe a full-blown eating disorder. And so I can kind of touch on the differences there, but essentially I work with them in a one-to-one capacity with private coaching. Um, I work with a lot of the ladies through my group coaching program to really help cultivate that community where um, they know that they're not alone in this process. Cause I feel like that's such a huge attack of the enemy is going, you're the only one going through this, or you don't need to tell anybody about this. And so um, I really feel like I'm on mission to To try to get rid of that stigma around disordered eating and mental health and negative body image, um, especially when it comes through the church, I feel like i 've seen mm. so so many of my clients have struggled because maybe they 've heard things um, from a pulpit or from a, a women 's conference or in a book um, or even just from someone in their church maybe that has has made a comment, not even necessarily meaning to, but it has created a lot of stress around how they see their body um, and maybe even created a lot of comparison. Mm. Um, And that happens in a lot of different ways, but I feel like that's, I'm kind of on a mission right now to really, really help women see that you can, by including the Lord in the process um, and really handing over, instead of just saying, okay, Lord here, you have every area of my life, but I'm going to hold on to this one thing. I still need to control my body and my weight and my physical, you know, shape. We're really working to, um, to really help them to let go of that area and to give it to the Lord, um, so that we can steward our physical, mental, and spiritual health better. Um, yeah. Using a face centered approach.
0: I love that. Do you have a background where you, you've struggled with this or like, how did you kind of come into this?
1: So my background, um, my background is a little bit different. I never had a full blown eating disorder, but when I really got interested in nutrition as an undergrad student, I always knew I kind of wanted to be in the healthcare space. And I just found this love for nutrition because it's so practical. It's something everyone does needs to do on a daily basis. And, I realized the more and more that I was learning and even starting to practice um, as a nutrition provider and educator, that a lot of what we learned in school was, you know, very steeped in diet culture. Like there was a lot of evidence-based, fantastic information, but the way that it was presented to us and the way that we were kind of taught almost to describe it was really creating like it was doing the opposite of what we wanted. My my goal was to help people, you know, not to get sick, like on the preventative side of things and to help those maybe who are already dealing with some kind of maybe chronic illness or disease to be able to really improve their quality of life and heal through nutrition or at least in part. And I was seeing so much of the opposite side of that of going, okay, well, we're providing all this information, right, mm-hmm. but you can get information anywhere. And so the way that we were, we were telling people, okay, well, you need to do this, or this is bad, or this is unhealthy, or stop eating this altogether. If you want this, you know, health outcome, it was just creating so much stress, so many rules around food that people were getting anxious. And they're like, you know, I feel like I just don't even know what to eat. Now I've been told these things that I can't have. And now, you know, that's what I want. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like that, that like you tell a kid, you can't have this and that's all they want. Or you tell me like, Hey, um, it's Sunday. I'm going to want Chick-fil-A because I know I can't have it because they're closed. So it was that kind of mentality Mm -hmm. that I was observing that I had kind of taken on this. um, Even this viewpoint of food is like, this is what you should eat. This is what you shouldn't eat. Mm -hmm. And I was sort of unknowingly feeding into diet culture.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. I think a lot of people can relate to that. I know I've struggled with those things too. Um, So how can you, like, tell if someone has, like, how can someone tell if they have issues with eating disorder or, like, what signs should they be looking out for?
1: Yeah, so one of the the first things I would say is there's a difference in an eating disorder and disordered eating. Um, And so what I mean by that is an eating disorder is a specific diagnosis that you'll get from uh, maybe a psychiatrist, a therapist, some type of certified licensed mental health provider. Mm-hmm. And you have to fit certain criteria when it comes to behaviors. So usually it's, you know, you're engaging in this particular behavior, X number of times, you know, in a week for this, you know, for this length of time. Um, and so I think there's a lot of stigma around, or I, I, I guess I should say like, there's, um, there's a lack of awareness when it comes to, like you said, recognizing that, well, maybe I am struggling with some disordered behaviors around food, maybe I don't have a full-blown eating disorder, but there are some struggles there. So, disordered eating is really where you're gonna maybe be engaging in behaviors or even thought processes that that you might see in someone with an eating disorder, but maybe you don't necessarily fit all of the quote-unquote criteria, right? So, some of those disordered behaviors might be things like calorie counting. Um, not that that in and of itself has to be disordered, but it can very much turn into that obsession around this is right, this is wrong, kind mm-hmm. of the control piece of things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, you know, kind of fad dieting or severe restriction. Mm-hmm. Restriction might mean under eating altogether. Maybe it's cutting out certain food groups um, outside of medical necessity. Um, it could be behaviors like binging. Um, it could be mindless eating, maybe that turns into binging that's, you know, maybe there's some unawareness around it, or maybe something's happening intentionally where, um, and I say intentionally, but Binging where you just kind of feel out of control, right? Maybe it's one of the maybe it's like it's a classic binge where you're eating a large amount of food in a small amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of the disordered processes can really just be like you have a lot of you you base your worth or value a lot on your body weight or shape or appearance. Um, So those would all kind of fall under. And those that's just a few things. But if you've ever struggled with one of those things, I bet if I pulled a hundred people off the street, ninety to ninety-five of them would like would would struggle with some type of disorder eating or thought process right. maybe not all the time right. um but but it's just so common in our culture because mm. dieting and feeling like you've got to fit a certain physique or you know body shape size look appearance um is such such a huge thing in our culture right now so um so those would be a couple of the things that you might recognize or relate to um behaviorally i would say a major some of the big signs you want to look for is Referring, and I know Erica, you and I have talked about this before. Like referring to foods as good and bad, um, right. or referring to foods—the the word I hear in my industry so much is like, "Is it healthy?" Yeah. And I, even as a dietitian, I really like to stray away from the terms "healthy" or "unhealthy" because they're so subjective. Okay. Um, but if you're if you're constantly finding that you're referring or labeling foods as like, "This is good," mm-hmm. "This is bad," "This is healthy," "This is unhealthy," "This mm-hmm. is what I can have," "This is what I shouldn't have," mm-hmm. um, that could be a a sign that maybe you're struggling with some of the, the mentality behind, um, some disorder of eating, or maybe you feel a lot of guilt after you eat certain types of foods or amounts of foods. That's something else to kind of just do that little self-check and go, Oh man, I just feel really guilty for eating that. Or I feel really shameful. That's another big one. Maybe shame around something you've done or something about yourself, about feeling like you're maybe unworthy or undeserving because of your body weight or shape or size. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are a few, Mm -hmm. um, a couple of the other big ones I see a lot are, um, maybe like a compulsive need to exercise or to move your body. Mm -hmm. Right. For this, for the sake of like, you know, I feel like I have to earn my food. I've got to exercise to, in order to be able to eat that thing, we're going to go out for dinner with later, or, um, it can show up on the other side of that as well. Like having an aversion to exercise, maybe you've had a really, um, traumatic, maybe experience with exercise before. And that's created this desire to just like, I've, I have to step away from it. Like I, I refuse to move my body any more than it has to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would just say the, the other really big ones are just preoccupation with food or calories, um, or even preoccupation with noticing and comparing what other people, um, are eating or drinking or wearing. Yeah. Um, And again, just that comparison piece, especially with body weight and shape and size too.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's all so helpful. Yeah. I feel like I can relate to a lot of them. (laughs) I definitely grew up in a house where things were labeled like good or bad and all the bad things were the yummy things. So it was, (laughs) and I think it's a struggle for me raising my kids because I do find myself saying like, oh, that's a healthy choice. And that's like an unhealthy choice. So what is like a better way to go about it? I know you talked about bringing the Lord into the process. So can you kind of speak to that a little bit? I mean, as parents, we're raising a new generation of kids and we want them to not struggle necessarily with all these things that I struggled with growing up. I'd love for my kids not to have the same struggles. So what is a good way? to maybe talk about food around others or while you're kind of reframing your mind, how how can you bring maybe the Lord into that?
1: Yeah, um, I would say there's two, two big things with that. One of them is maybe even just a change in terminology that you use and you could do this two ways, um, but think about like what comes to mind when you think of the term bad or like this is a bad food, think about what comes up for you. And try switching that word "bad" into "play." This is a play food, right? What are the connotations you have with that word? Um, you're probably going to be referring to a lot of the same types of foods. These are usually foods that I hear. The the common ones I hear, you know, a lot are like sweets, pizza, ice cream. Like these are things that can really like we don't want to refer to them as bad because foods are really neutral. They have no ability to make a choice or decision, right? They can't vandalize something they can't steal. So they have no morality. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've got to keep that in mind, especially from, you know, thinking about what, how the Lord created us. Like we have the ability to choose to do something or to not do something, but food doesn't have to be a part of that equation. Mm -hmm. Um, We are not any better or worse or more or less valuable for, something that we choose to eat or not eat, Mm -hmm. um, the same as food isn't good or bad. So I think that's, that's one thing that we can focus on just from that little change in, um, terminology there or wording, just referring to like fun foods, right. That Mm -hmm. these are something kind of like in life, like we, we can't just have fun all the time. Like we've got to do some things too, that are necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a little bit of that balance there between Hey, we want to enjoy these really maybe highly palatable, fun foods. And we also want to make sure we're getting a variety of nutrient dense foods that are going to nourish our bodies, you know, in a lot of different ways. So I think that's one, um, that's one strategy for sure.
0: I love that. So, how, like, what does it look like to have more of a healthy mindset? I know maybe healthy is the wrong word, <laughs> but what <laughs> I'm trying to change myself, but it's hard. Um, like, have a more, like, I wanna say, like, God honoring mindset with food and exercise. Like, what does that look like? How do you kind of come to a place where you're more involving the Lord in your everyday choices, your eating and exercise things? Like, what, what is a healthy way of looking at that?
1: Yeah, I, I love that question. And I think um as a faith-centered recovery coach, that's one of the ones I get so often. It's like, Brittany, what does my faith even have to do with this whole process? Or like, do I need to be asking the Lord every time I go to the grocery store what I'm supposed to buy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's not a wrong answer to that. Like, yes, you can absolutely do that. Um, scripture tells us that you know, when Jesus was on earth, that he talked to the Lord before he did anything. Mm-hmm. So You know, if he did that, there's no reason we can't do that either. Um, But what I will say with that is I think the big key to really making sure that you are honoring your body um, while also not sacrificing your mental health or spiritual health is to make sure you've got your definition of health and your health priorities in the right order. So what I mean by that is when, if I ask, and I do this with most of my clients in one of our first sessions, I'll say, how would you define health? Mm -hmm. And 9.9 times out of 10, they'll tell me something that has to do with physical health. And so I really like to challenge people to look at health, not just from a physical health standpoint, but I would say like, at least consider four areas of like physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. Mm -hmm. you can kind of put mental and emotional together a lot of times. Um, and so when it comes to our physical health and taking care of our bodies that the Lord gave us, we do want to be good stewards of that, Mm -hmm. but we've got to be really careful not to let our physical health or our body shape or size in the name of health become body idolatry. Mm -hmm. Um, that is where things really get out of whack. And so you can kind of tell if something has become an idol in your life, your body, or otherwise. If it has taken a higher priority, if it takes up more of your thought processes, your time, your energy, then your relationship with the Lord yeah. or the way that you value the Lord, right? So if you wake up and the first thing you're thinking is, what am I going to have for breakfast today? I've got to portion everything out. Or maybe if you're jumping on the scale or you're pulling out that calorie tracker app and checking what you ate yesterday so you can figure out what you're eating today. Um, there's maybe some good signs that, you know, your body has taken a higher priority in your life than, than what it, what it's really meant to. And so Mm -hmm. when you, when you focus from a, from a overall, I guess, picture standpoint, when you focus on cultivating your spiritual health, you're, physical and mental health can really fall into place a lot more easily. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know we don't have time to go into all of the ins and outs of that today. That is something I do spend a lot of time with my clients on because Mm -hmm. it's, it seems like such a foreign concept. I'm like, okay, well now how do I go from body idolatry to like cultivating spiritual health or Bernie? Well, what if I focus on my spiritual health? Am I just supposed to pray all the time that my body's healthy. Like, yeah. No, I mean, you you can do that too. Like there's nothing wrong with praying for physical health or for for changes in the way that you see and, and relate to your body. Um, but there's definitely a lot of things practically that we can do um, in order to try to step further and further away from letting your body be the a, a high priority or a primary focus into just letting it be something else that's a part of your day and right. not, you know, taking up the mental
0: majority of your day. Right. I love that. I feel like God is always in the process of removing those idols from our heart and replacing it with him. And so Mm he always wants to be number one in our lives. And I love that about him. I mean, he just, he cares about us. So, um, so I, I find a lot of times when I talk to women that, and even me, especially, I felt that I'm not kind to my body, like, and I'm really hard on myself. And I see that in a lot of other women I talk to um, so what is like a way that we can be more kind to ourselves and our body as we're on this journey with the Lord? Maybe this is the first time people are listening and they're like, I've never even thought about talking about my faith and the way I eat and exercise. So like, as we're going on this process, what are some things that we can do to be more kind to ourselves and see this as more as a journey instead of like a quick fix type thing?
1: That's a great question. Um, so in order to practice being kind to yourself, I think you first got to give yourself grace and acknowledge that you have needs that need to be met physically and otherwise. And oftentimes we're trying to use food or even lack of food to meet some kind of need for us that really the Lord wants to meet or that we need met maybe by another person. And so you've got to be really kind in knowing that you have needs that are valid they do need to be met. And sometimes it's a matter of looking at where am I having those needs met right now? And are they contributing to helping me grow in my spiritual journey or walk with the Lord? Are they impairing something? Um, we also want to make sure like you've got to remind yourself that your body is good, regardless of its size or shape. And you can engage in health promoting behaviors at any size. Mm -hmm. So, you can't look in the mirror or even at another person, um, at your body weight, shape, size, and assume, you know, if they're healthy, right? So you've got to practice that for yourself on that awareness on how, how can I be kind to myself and what assumptions maybe have I made even unknowingly or like kind of subconsciously about other people that now, okay, well, because I see them this way, other people must see me this way too. That can go, that can go both ways. And so Um, one thing when I know when we were talking about like kind of getting away from the terms healthy and unhealthy, Mm -hmm. something that can be really helpful as a means of being kind to yourself and showing yourself some compassion is instead of saying, should I eat this? Or is this healthy for me right now to say, how is this going to benefit me? Mm -hmm. That's a really fantastic question because food always serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's physical nourishment. sometimes it's a means of connection with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it is a means of joy and pleasure, and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um it can meet lots of different needs, and we it, it's okay for I, I hear the term so often like you have to eat to live, you don't want to just live to eat right
0: yeah, but yeah.
1: food is food is definitely about more than just keeping you alive, right, right? like if if that's all it was meant for, we probably wouldn't have been created with taste buds, right? We would probably have manna all the time, every day yes. and be totally fine, right? There'd be no need for God to have made so many different sources of food for us mm-hmm. to enjoy and consume. So mm-hmm. um, working on that to be kind to yourself. And from a just super, super practical standpoint, um, if you're really new at this and you're trying to figure out um, like w- what am I doing around food? Or like, what are my thoughts around food? Maybe that are creating some behaviors that are maybe worsening your mental health or physical, or maybe even spiritual. Mm -hmm. I would say start jotting down any food or body related rules that you notice as you go throughout your day, when you have those thoughts on, well, I can't eat this because I already had this. Okay. Jot that down. Um, And start giving your, like, start working on recognizing or, or seeking to recognize where maybe those rules came from. Mm-hmm. And then why did you, when, even when that was coming up, why did you choose to accept it or adopt that as like a rule?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And have you set a consequence for yourself for doing that? Cause so often that's where we stop showing kindness to our body because we feel like, okay, we broke this rule and now there's this, you know, means of like almost punishment sometimes like, okay, I ate that food. So now I have to go do this exercise, right? Um, and so work on challenging, challenging yourself to start breaking some of those rules mm-hmm. to see, hey, if I break these rules, is this really gonna help me get rid of that idol of my body? Like is this gonna help me move further away from body idolatry? And most of the time the answer to, to that is gonna be yes. So mm. short, short version there and challenge yourself to break all the rules.
0: Absolutely. I I love that. It reminds me of the verse where the spirit of the Lord is there as freedom and Mm -hmm. just seeing the freedom that comes when you give things over to the Lord and start inviting him into these hard areas of your life that you might've kept on lockdown (laughs) from him, you know? Yes, Um, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I don't want to go too long. I know I could talk to you all day about this stuff. I just feel like I'm gaining so much wisdom from you. I love your perspective on all of this. I think it's really needed and so different from the diet culture messages that we get bombarded with. So thank you.
1: Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me today, Erica. It has been a pleasure to chat with you and your listeners. And I hope someone has taken something valuable away today that will help them, you know, in their own journey to food freedom and improve body
0: image. Absolutely. Um, so how can people find you? Do you have, are you mainly active on Instagram or where, where can they find you? Yeah. So
1: the best place, um, I'm, I am on Instagram at Brittany Braswell RD and the, ble- the best place to go. If you, um, if you want to find out a little bit more about what I do, or if you just want some free resources, if you're just like, I need a next step, <laughs> yeah. um, you can head to my website at Brittany Um, and on the homepage, there's a link to go to some free resources. Um, I've got a, a guide to intuitive eating from a faith centered perspective. That is um, a really fantastic resource. If you're just kind of getting started and trying to step away from diet culture, that's a really great next step.
0: I love it. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Brittany. I'm going to pray for us really quick before we end. Heavenly Father, I am just so, so grateful for today. I think these things that we're talking about are really important to you. And I just thank you that you've put this on Brittany's heart to minister to women everywhere that are struggling. This is such a common issue, but one that people don't talk about very much. But I know that it's a hidden struggle that you care about. You care about our hearts and um, the thoughts we have and the shame that is holding us back in these areas. And I just pray that by listening today that um just we can grow in our understanding of what you believe um you believe you created us fearfully and wonderfully made and that um our bodies are a gift exercise is a gift and the foods we eat are a gift and i just thank you for um just making this known to us and i pray that we will do something with it that we will carry this into our lives throughout the rest of the week and i pray that um We can just continue to give these things to you, Lord. I thank you for Brittany and for her time today. In your name, amen. Well, thank you, Brittany, again. I'm just so grateful to have you on here. And I can't wait to just get started on this journey. I feel like I'm still on this journey too.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you again, Erica. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: All right. That's it for today, friends.